people ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video games. All right, you guys, here we go. Episode number 118 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron Upshaw. He's live from the Les Schwab Studios in South Lake Union. I'm Don O'Neill, live from the Les Schwab Studios on Queen Anne Mountain. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show. Uh, one of the giants in our business, her name is Diane Terry. She works at Windermere. And we've been introducing you. We introduced you to our president. We introduced you to one of our coaches. Now we're going to introduce you to one of our mentors. And what's great is is Ron and I have, have joined Windermere Real Estate. Uh, you don't just get signed up and then they throw you to the wolves. Uh, you get signed up and they have a great mentoring program. And every Thursday... Uh, we get together, all the new realtors do, 15 or 20 of us, and we get to hear from the, some of the giants. When you hear from Diane today, she's going to talk about listening. She's going to talk about listening and how we can do a better job at listening to one another. And Ron, uh, it all starts with shutting up, doesn't it? She's going to tell us to shut up today. I it does. I remember that when we took her workshop, uh, I had the, one of the biggest belly laughs, I think, of 2020 because Diane's a very uh, sort of squared away woman, like oh, yeah. wears earth tones, and she's very, you know, she's very business. She's business woman. And, comes and you in know and exactly what prepared. she's... Yeah, you know exactly what she thinks. Uh, she doesn't take. Well, the my point is, is that as she's going through this. You have sort of a set of expectations, and then she dropped a, a curse word in the middle yeah. of the seminar, and I, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. But I, I think um, this is a big one, and it's one of those things to me. There, there are those categories in all of our lives that we all know are important, and yet very few of us actually do them. Like one of the things I admire most about you is that you actually exercise. Like, everybody knows you should exercise. Like, there's not a human being in the United States of America that does not know that you should exercise. And yet, hardly anyone has a practice of doing it day in, day out, week in, week in, uh, week out, year in, year out, like you do. And I've watched, I've known you almost my entire life. You've just always done it. It's part of who you are. And I always look to that. And it's something that I have to generate and actually motivate myself to do. And I know there are days where you don't feel like it and you still do it. Same thing with listening. Um, <laughs> it's so easy right now. Like we know we should be good listeners and yet very few of us actually work at it and do it, especially in these times where uh, we're in an election year. People are, like you talked about in the last episode, people are throwing articles at you and throwing viewpoints at you and I have people in my life that are, uh, you know, trying to poke the bear when it comes to what's happening on Capitol Hill. And they heard a story on Joe Rogan or on Fox News or wherever, and they're trying to inflame. And it's really hard to not engage and to, to take that bait and to just go, okay, what, what, are, what are you hearing? Why is this important to you? No. What is this all about? And mm -hmm. even when I disagree with you vehemently, mm. Can I still care about that person and can I still listen to them and go, there's a, there's a reason why someone would think the way they think. Like people don't wake up in the morning and just think a certain way. Hmm. So um, I'm finding that these skills, it's easy to listen to someone you already agree with. 
Right. It's hard to listen to someone that you don't agree with. Totally. Someone <laughs> is, I just watched the, and check this out on YouTube. There's a, a new uh, YouTube channel. I believe it's called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And his first guest was Matthew McConaughey. And so they just sat and talked for 15 minutes. And it's, it, it's interesting and uncomfortable at times. And that's what I'm trying to lean into. You, you have to have a, a security in your own self and uh, your ego a little bit in check to just sit there and go, this is someone I do not agree with. This is someone that I think sees the world opposite the way I see it. Can I sit here and listen to them and take something away from this? Yeah. All right, Diane Terry's coming up. She's one of the real estate giants. You have seen her sign, Diane Terry's sign, uh, throughout Seattle. The thing that I love about her is she reminds me of me in the sense that she is this great alpha personality, but it is centered. She came to Buddhism later in life, and so you, you get the best, best of both worlds with her. I mean, she takes no crap. She takes no prisoners. She does not put up with it. And she knows what it is. But she's also, she has this really soothing side to her. And you'll hear it in her voice. And she's been doing this workshop on listening. And we listened to it a couple months ago. It helped me in my relationships with friends. It helped me to not react and respond. And, and, and actually, Ron is really good at this. You can share information with Ron and you can even do it in an emotional state. And he's more like my son where he'll take time, he'll think about it and then come back to it. And if it, something is really making him angry, instead of reacting to it, he'll calm down, come back to it, process it, and then tell you what he's thinking. Uh, that is not the way that I'm wired, but I'm working on that. I'm working on doing a better job of saying, you know, I don't have to have the answers here. I don't. Uh, Maybe what I need to do is to do what Diane Terry is going to teach us to do next. Let's listen to Diane Terry. Coming up in two minutes right here on the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what Heather and Juan Carlos did. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. So now we had to sell our old house. We had to sell it because we couldn't have been able to afford, you know, paying two mortgages. And Ron and Don had already been thinking of strategies the whole time they were strategizing. What, what, what will we do if this and what will we do if that? And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the, on the offer date for over asking price, we did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. And the buying process was wonderful. And the selling process, it felt like we were their most important project. I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> we were all just jumping up and down. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, Schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Ron and Don. 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 
on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. Okay, how much did I have to pay you for this? <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Something that's really exciting for us at Windermere, and I think this is going to be really exciting for you because we have a special guest coming up that we just told you about. When Ron and I worked in radio, most of our bosses uh, were men. And a lot of the men that managed us uh, tried to come up on the talent side. And sometimes they didn't get past Springfield, Illinois, so they ended up becoming managers. So it's a really weird uh, relationship. Because a lot of times, as a radio personality, you make more money than anyone else in the building, including your bosses and your managers. And then sometimes they'll call you in the office and they're going to coach you, but... You know, they topped out at Springfield, Missouri, and sometimes they're intimidated by that, and they feel like they have nothing to share. What I love is I was raised by a pack of women. My dad left when I was young, and so I had these incredible women, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, grandmothers on both sides, my cookie grandma, my glamour grandma, uh, my mother raising four kids uh, on her own, never going on government assistance. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but Virginia didn't do that. So it's, it's kind of, is, is Ron and I have started this real estate journey. What's really cool, you guys, is I feel like I'm back with a great pack of female mentors, of great women, of giants in our industry. And in fact, uh, one of our guests, one of our giants joins us right now. You've seen her name on yard arms throughout the city. Her name is Diane Terry. She's a broker, a managing broker, and a mentor, and one of the great teachers uh, at Windermere Midtown. And the thing that I love about Diane, when you have a question, pick up the phone, call, send an email. She gets in touch. And she doesn't write you back just saying, sure, yes, you bet. You ask a question about your life. You ask a question about a friendship, a personality, an insight, your business. And she takes the time to sit down and write back a paragraph or two. One of the great mentors joins us right now, Diane Terry. She does a workshop on listening. It's really important, you guys, that we listen to Diane and we become better listeners. Diane, before we get to that, let's get to this. Tell us about this journey that you're on. You remind me of me a little bit because you are this alpha. And at the same time, I think you embrace Buddha, which is kind of a beautiful thing, right? Yes. So um, I come from a corporate background. I was in international shipping for um, 11 years and... One day I was taking that elevator up to the 50th floor of the Columbia Center and I just knew that this could not work for my life anymore. I was working 12-hour days uh, in, in a shipping firm and it just, it wasn't feeding the soul. I mean, that's the most polite way to put it, was it was not feeding the soul and I just up and quit one day. And then the thing was, what am I going to do next? I had no idea. And back then, uh, you know, if I told my parents I was going to become a real estate agent, that was one step above a used car salesman. I mean, literally, my mother did not tell a soul that I was a realtor for at least a year and a half. Hmm. So when I started in the business, what I was very fortunate to land at Windermere because Windermere's philosophy is not a slick willy sales, you know, buy a bunch of leads and churn them and burn them. That is just not the Windermere philosophy. And I was really able to build my business for 29 years in a way that was meaningful to me. Hmm. So back on that version of Diane, were you a good listener then? Um. 
No, (laughs) (laughs) probably not. And I'll tell you what, what helped me become a better listener. It was parenting actually, you know, like when you have a child, you have no control of what's going to happen. That's right. Right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You have no control. (laughs) No control. No control. control. So, So listening is a very interesting skill. And as I honed my practice and I kind of narrowed in on the type of people that I wanted to serve, I realized that the most important skill of every and anything that I do is the initial listening. I think that um, most salespeople are all bent on telling, like barfing all over the other person what they know and what they can do for them. But until you take a step back and listen to what it is that they need, and there's always this thing called, it's not the first problem. And if you've ever had a teenager and tried to talk to a teenager, you know that it's never the first problem that you have to solve. You have to keep listening and so slowly extracting and extracting until they tell you what the real problem is. So parenting taught me that listening is very important. And as I build my practice and I hone in on the types of people that I want to serve, I know that listening is a really, really important skill. And I really feel as I step into my 60s now that sharing what you know is such an important part of the human experience. You know, like you've lived it, you've made all the mistakes, and you want to share what you've learned with someone else. And that's what's so wonderful about the Midtown environment is that you know, there, there's a forum for us to come back and share with younger agents or newer agents what worked for us. And it might not be the thing for everybody, but it might resonate with a few people. And I know when I do the listening workshop, interestingly enough, many of the comments I get back were, this is really going to help me with my child. <laughs> or yeah. this is really going to help me communicate with my spouse, right? Yeah. So honing your listening skills will help your entire life. And I think, I wish it was something that was taught in the high school curriculum. Diane, I can't help but think as I hear you talking and trying to listen to you, that there's a lot of uncomfortable conversations happening right now, just in the culture and Mm -hmm. in our relationships. And you see tens of thousands of people walk through the streets of Seattle in silence. That was an interesting symbology, but Mm -hmm. where does this dovetail with me trying to go and and examine myself and listen to something that could be uncomfortable or that I don't think I believe or that Mm -hmm. I don't want to believe or that I want to push back against. or I want to go, no, Diane, you're wrong. You don't get it. Let me, let me set you straight. How do you, how does this work or how do you think about it um, in, in just what's happening right now? So there's a very uh, interesting concept called intellectual humility. And I don't know if you're all familiar with Dan Pink, but uh, my friend Margaret reminded me of Dan Pink again. And he's an author that talks about intellectual humility. And we have a choice to either be a soldier or a scout. And when we're listening, a soldier is staying only in the zone where people are reinforcing what you want to believe, right? So I think we're all very guilty of that. Like I only listen to NPR and, um, you know, 
you'll never hear me listening to Fox News unless it's to make fun of it. Um, so we're all guilty of finding what we're comfortable believing and just kind of staying in that void, I think. Um, but to become a scout means to have some intellectual curiosity about why does the other side feel the way they do? What are they being told that changes their mind so oppositional to what I believe? So you can either continue to be a soldier or you can challenge yourself to be a scout in the way that your intellect works. And then um, there's wanting to believe that your way is the right way. And there's wanting to understand. So I think this is such a key point in our history where we just need to shut up and listen and really try to get an appreciation and understanding of what's been happening historically and why so many people are mad and why people are, despite the pandemic, willing to march 60,000 strong in the streets of Seattle uh, for a cause. I mean, if that's not telling you something, I don't know what is. And then I think the third thing that Dan Pink talks about is the pleasant surprise of being wrong. Mm. I mean, how many times have you wow. listened to the other side and come away with, oh, gosh, you know, maybe I'm not 100%. And this always happens to me when I talk to my 29-year-old daughter. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's so smart and she's so articulate. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about race or what's happening in the city or what have you, she is just so able to articulately lay out her point of view. And I just sit there stunned and open-mouthed. It's like, I never even thought of things that way. So intellectual humility, I think, is something that we all need to hone. And a huge part of that is listening. Yeah. Dan, talk, let's go back to, to using the word shut up. And you say shut up and listen. I, rem I remember in college, a communication class that I took so typically when we shut up, what the brain wants to do is reload. And they've done a lot of research on this. And they've shown, even when you shut up and you pretend like you're listening, mm -hmm. and what you're really doing is you're reloading. Mm -hmm. And you're going to double barrel that other side, right? Mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're reloading, it's impossible for your brain to listen. Mm -hmm. to, really to leave space in your brain, in your heart, in your soul, in your physical being to listen to what that other person is saying. Talk to us about that because listening is really leaving space for someone else to share a part of them with you, but it has to feel safe to them for them to really share the thing that, it, and to your point, the thing that it really is. And sometimes you, you have to ask your kiddo two to three times to find out why they're really crying, right? Right, exactly. So I really believe that um, people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. Hmm. So every conversation that I try to have now is, it's not about how much my, my lips are moving. It's about how much space I am honoring the other person to fill to tell me more so that I can serve them better, whether as a wife, a mother, a colleague, a realtor. Um, I just think that, and those skills are actually teachable and they're learnable and they're very specific, right? So I really encourage everybody to challenge themselves to do a deep dive in 2020 on listening skills. But Diane, 
and I'll, I'll be honest with this. When Don and I left radio and we got into real estate, my ego <laughs> wanted to prove yeah. to, to, to people like you, I'm smart. I get it. I can talk. I know, I know what's going on. I, I've had a career already. Look at me. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those people. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the smart ones. And so I was so desperate and insecure and to, 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 to prove something mm-hmm. that I probably didn't listen for nine months. <laughs> we know. <laughs> uh, podcast over. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, I guess the, the total mic drop. So I guess my question is, it sounds like you have to, one would need to work on their ego, which is a totally different track, but they're, they're tied together, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I think that when you go into any conversation and especially a difficult conversation, you want to keep in your mind what you want the end result to be, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had some very difficult conversations this year already. And Uh, When I go into a difficult conversation, or like if I'm meeting a complete stranger for the first time, I go in with what is the goal in mind, right? And if you understand people, you will understand that the less you talk and the more you make them feel important, Mm. the more you're going to achieve what you want to achieve. So just human nature in general, um, when somebody is being told something for the first time, there are so many factors at play, like cultural factors, what baggage they're bringing to the table. Um, They're scanning you and going, is this person part of my tribe? Like, what do we have in common? I mean, all these things are going on as they're listening to you. So it's really important to the most important thing is that they come away knowing that you care and that you're curious to learn more and the rest of it can be worked on later. But if you don't achieve that feeling that you care about them, nothing else will matter. No, That's the same, whether it's a child, a spouse, a colleague or a client. So I just uh, finished reading a great book called Saving Face by Maya Hu Chang, and she works with international companies. And she talks about, you know, a lot of expats will go to like China, for example, and try to build a business. They forget that, especially in America, we have all these crazy sayings, right, that mean nothing to a different culture. So this executive goes in and listens to this pitch that his team's been working on, and he thinks it's great. So he says, that's a no-brainer, and and he gets up and he walks out. Well, the Chinese colleagues are going, oh, my God, he just told us we have no brain. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so they were all humiliated and everything kind of fell apart until this outsider had to come in and patch things back together. Like, what happened? Where did the communication fail? Oh, that's not what no-brainer means. That no-brainer is actually a good thing in, in American English, right? So you, we bring so much to the table and like unpacking all of that is so important. And it just really takes suspension of ego and a mind of curiosity. Yeah. Let's talk about ego for a moment. I I listened to Diane's workshop on listening Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Ron and I had a client down in Puyallup. We we're going to visit, and then after that, I have a young African American uh, trooper, state trooper. He calls me his mentor. There's a lot of pressure when somebody calls you mentor. He said, "Don, you're my mentor." Uh, and he has a baby on the way. In fact, the baby's supposed to arrive today. Uh, he's been in full riot gear. Uh, he hears the chants on the other side of the line. He says it's rhythmic to him. He feels like he's in Africa. He relates. He connects. It's, it, 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 it feeds his soul. And at the same time, on the other side of the line, he's a police officer. And he has sworn to do something. And he has friends all around him. And some of them get pelted with stuff. And these are people he loves and cares about. And some of them are also African-American and women and other uh, humans that have been marginalized. I told myself this. I turned off the radio and I told myself this all the way down there. Shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. Don, shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. Sometimes when somebody calls you a mentor and we are in the middle of riots and he's right in the middle of it, I think I have to go down there and tell him something. Or as a dad, here comes Father's Day. He's going to be a dad for the first time. This is his first time. And so now I'm going to go down there and tell him how to be a dad. I just told myself, do what Diane said. Shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. It's not about what you tell him. It's about how he is going to feel when you leave. So I listened for four hours. I just listen. Mm -hmm. I just listen. And at the end of that, he told me, he goes, you know what? He goes, thank you so much for being my mentor. He said, you gave me some of the greatest advice today. He goes, I appreciate it. My wife appreciates it. And damn it, Diane, I didn't give him any advice. Right. I, I just listened. But he was heard, right? That's yes. the important thing. You gave him space to be heard. And so one of the techniques that I teach is AWE. And what else? Tell mm. me more. What else? You know, I, I think that um, therapists are great listeners, right? They're professional listeners. And so I would love to learn more about that is like, how do they, what techniques do they have to keep extracting more and more? Because I've never been to therapy, but I'm assuming that at the end of 45 minutes or an hour, you feel great because you've, you've felt listened to for the first time. Hmm. Um, I should pay someone to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diane, let, let me do a follow. Let me do a follow up in there because okay. so, so, and then I'll get out of the way, Ron, and you finish up. Address ego, though, because for me, the whole time I was down there, driving down there, I told myself to shut up and listen, mm-hmm. and, and I think it was my ego getting in the way. When yeah. I finally did it, though, and really listened. Mm-hmm. I walked away learning so much yes. and feeling mentored. Yes. I felt mentored by him, by the conversation he had with him because he went to a level that right. was so deep and we were human to human on this thing. You know, it, 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 we were talking soul to soul, right? right. And, and, right. It, 
And how do you get the ego? Is it as easy as say, shut up and listen? How do, how do we get that thing called the ego out of the way? Because I have a big one, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a, it's a muscle that you need to train. And I think the more you are able to have those meaningful conversations and walk away so enriched, you're eager to go back and do more and more and more. And like at 60, I am just not interested in having trivial conversations anymore in my life. Like, I only want the people in my life to be there to have deep, meaningful conversations. Um, so it's a muscle that you train, and there's specific things that you can actually work on month by month, week by week, you know. Um, but the big one is just zip it and and listen, because that is a gift that you're giving someone because as they're talking to you, they are learning more about how they feel. And mm. I think in this particular situation in our point in history, it, you know, black Americans have been so suppressed in our society that it's like, please like give them a chance to get it all on the table so that mm. we learn that we can be better Americans, better humans, um, it's really, really important right now to listen. And so, Diane, my, my final question for you, and, and I really appreciate taking the time with us today. That's so good. What have you learned and what do you do when you are listening and now your feelings get hurt or something comes up where you realize you were wrong or you're accepting, wow, maybe, I, maybe this white privilege thing is an actual thing and I never thought of it. And maybe... Um, like I always say, maybe I am an a-hole uh, to some people. And so you, uh, when, when you confront that or when you're sitting there and it, it really registers with you, that's hard and that hurts your feelings and that makes you feel small. Um, what's your advice or what have you learned uh, when, that, when you're in that dynamic? Well, I don't think it, it only applies to a white man realizing that his culture has led him to act a certain way. I think that that conversation could be had with every relationship that we have in life, right? So I think, again, intellectual humility, understanding what the other person is saying, and then making a very um, concerted effort to change behavior and to ask the other person, what does resolution look like for you? What do you want the end to look like? You know how Stephen Covey says, work with the end in mind? Like, form a plan. You know, if, if it's a child or a colleague where the relationship has gone awry, what does fixed look like to you? And ask your friends, gosh, you know, I'm late to the party here, but I'm finally realizing that Maybe the way I've been thinking or maybe the way I've been acting is wrong. What does reconciliation look like to you, between you and I? Like, start small. Like, you can't boil the ocean, guys, you know? You can only do what you can do. So start small and figure out what three simple steps might be that you will really commit to working on to better the relationship. And then plan a time to check back in with each other. And they might learn just as much about you in the process, which would be a beautiful, a very beautiful thing, right? Yeah. You know, my hope is uh, on young women like your daughter. Mm -hmm. My hope, my son the other day, I, we, were we were talking about some of this, and I asked him what he thought. He said this to me, you guys. He goes, Daddy, 
goes, I don't have an answer for that right now because I take a long time to process things. Is what I he said. love that. I love that. He's 10. Yeah, He's I know. The, the younger kids give me such hope. My yes. daughter's generation, your son's generation gives me great hope. But, you know, that's just it. I think our culture of wham, bam, like you say something, I say something, we keep it going. Ugh, not for me. Like, I really want long moments of silence in between. And I want to be able to sit with someone in silence and be thoughtful in my response or be honest. I don't have an answer right now, but I'm going to really listen to what you told me and let process that. And can we pick a date in the future that we come back together and continue this conversation? I think that that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Before you go, I want you to take a moment and just talk about your morning routine. We're hearing a lot about morning routines. What I noticed in my own life is when life gets busy and I get up in the morning, I have a candle I light. And when I light the candle, that's a signal to myself to really take a moment, pray, invest some time in me, Mm -hmm. listen to me. When I don't light that candle or I'm running late or something happens and that blows up, And now I'm just reacting reflexively through the course of the day. And I haven't listened to myself. I have an inability to really listen sometimes and sympathize with others because I'm just hanging on. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting through the day and hanging on. You, you really more, more than most, I get up and I'll start my morning routine and I'll see that you've already commented on some things and you've sent out uh, beautiful articles, things that you've written. You're an encourager. You encourage a lot of people socially and privately. I know you do that with over 600 clients that you have. There's a reason you have the book of business that you have because you invest in other humans and you listen to humans. Tell us real quick, if, if we don't have a morning routine, what are a couple things that we can do uh, when we wake up in the morning or even before we go to bed to be better listeners? Um, well, I think... I think what really helps me is goal setting. You know, I I do my business plan in November for the upcoming year, but I also set set a personal goal. And um, every morning when I take a shower, I am thinking about what are the three things I'm going to do today that's going to move me towards that goal. So I'm already thinking in the shower. I'm very lucky. I have a wonderful husband that brings me coffee in bed every morning. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. And and I start the day just grateful that I'm waking up next to just an an incredibly wonderful human being. And I know that that takes work. And so like Mm. in all the important touch points in my life, my child, my husband, my business, my colleagues what is the world that I am trying to create? And what am I doing today? What are the three things I'm doing today to move towards that instead of just staying static? So I think living a life with intention, I think is incredibly uh, powerful. And if you set an intention and you work towards it on the daily, it's, you would be just amazed how much progress you make. So I would encourage all your listeners to just pick three goals. And every morning, just ask yourself, is what I'm doing today moving myself towards that goal, staying still, or moving backwards? And you know what you have to do then that day, right? We do. That's right. Dan, thank you so much. Uh, If you are heading out on your real estate journey and you don't want to sit down with Ron and I, and believe me, most (laughs) people don't, and we understand that. 
especially during quarantine because we haven't showered much. Uh, Diana's a giant, and I don't have any problem with you picking up the phone or reaching out to her and say, Diane, help me buy, sell, invest. Uh, she's one of the great mentors, one of the great teachers, one of the great humans that we have at Windermere. Uh, D Terry, that's T E R R Y D Terry at windermere.com. If you want to reach out to her, if you want to find out more about her listening workshop, uh, and Diane, any, any other way that people can reach out, they can always follow you on Facebook. Uh, what's your website? Let's do that real quick www.dianeterry.com but you know both you guys are gonna be so amazing in real estate I can already tell that you care which is the most important thing and you don't have to have all the answers because at Windermere we're here to support all the other agents like we're there for each other so Ron and Don have a sit down with the guys I think they're amazing and mm. I'm so honored to be colleagues with you both yeah we're honored that you come on today. Teach us more about listening. And now we have to get, do you have your run and down sit down mug yet? I think you do. I don't, but I think I need one. All right. We're going to get, <laughs> get one. All right. Hey, don't go anywhere. We come back. Ron and I are going to close, talk a little bit about what Diane taught us today and how we can be better listeners. Here's the Ron and Don show episode 118, you guys only on the Ron and Don radio network. Life comes at you fast. If it's time to downsize, upsize, or right-size your home, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, episode 118, just about in the books. Ron, your thoughts on uh, listening and uh, listening to Diane Taylor? I just appreciate someone that doesn't need to do that, but then does it. Like, listen, Diane has one of the most successful businesses here in the city, she, in a, in a way, she doesn't need to do that. She doesn't need to, she could just do her thing, make great money, uh, live with her, her wonderful husband and daughter, and just have a great life. And yet she's chosen to give back in a way that she can and that she's great at. And so I'm very appreciative to that. The, the people, uh, when they don't need to do it, they do it anyway. So that was just very meaningful to me. And, and I'm, I'm working on shutting up because it's so tempting to always prove that you're the smart guy and that you've got something to say. And I find myself reiterating things two or three times where it's like, I already said that, just stop. So a lot of times it's just enough to make your mouth stop. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I love about her is it, uh, I had someone tell me one time, they're like, yeah. You're, they said, Don, you're not going to change. People don't change your age. And statistically, it's true, especially men. We get on the other side of 50. We do not change. And Diane is, you know, about a decade ahead of us. And a lot of the changes that she's made in her life, she has made recently. These are recent changes. So people can change. You just have to be open and curious. If you're not open and curious about other people, then chances are you're not going to change you could hear her curiosity uh, and her warmth and her badassery. So, Diane Terry, thanks for sharing. Uh, more on her listening workshop. And if she does one that's either virtual or one that you can join here in the city as things begin to open up, we'll let you know about that because uh, Diane Terry in person is a force, man. She is a force. Speaking about force, Ron's a really good writer. He and I have been writing a lot lately. 
and taking some of the things that we're seeing, feeling, and expressing those online. You can follow Ron on his Facebook page. He has a fan page because he has more fans than I do. I have a couple of people that follow me on Facebook. Just look for Don O'Neill. And I write some things. I don't know, maybe two or three things a week that I like to share. Ron, you shared something over the weekend. I'd like you to read it as we kind of close out episode 118 because I think this is the way that a lot of people are feeling right now. Yeah, I've had this strange ping pong sensation going on in my head as I watch the protests around our country. My main reaction is one of deep support. Even if there are hairs to split about the individual philosophy of a given march or protest, I'm 100% in favor of the right to protest. To me, it's one of the cornerstones of the American experiment. Theoretically, the government isn't supposed to prohibit you from voicing your displeasure with the cultural status quo. If we act according to the ideals we're founded on, the state will not punish someone for showing opposition. Obviously, that's not always the case, but I digress. I've traveled to a few communist and socialist countries in my life, and the feeling there is much different. When you talk to people in China or Cuba or Nicaragua and see how hesitant people are to freely speak of things they oppose in their own country, I came home to appreciate the right to protest much more than I had in the past. But within seconds of thinking along that track, my brain ping-pongs to the brutal reality of the pandemic. Wow, those people are so close together. Surely this is going to put people at risk of infection, is what I say. It's a strange place to be mentally. I fully support the right to protest, and I worry that there will be a spike in positive cases that could whipsaw our community back into a lockdown state, extending the misery and leading to actual deaths. Mm. Stop and dwell on this for a minute. 115,400 deaths as I wrote this post. 115,400 people. That's like going to -to back-to-back sold-out Seahawk games and one sold-out Mariner game and having every person at those events dead. It's truly mind-boggling to think about it, and I think that most people underestimate the reality of that number. It's just too much to get your head around. I found an interactive map uh, on the, the, the sort of helps with the way my brain works. It's the 14-day average of COVID cases around the country. And as I write this, uh, King County is actually going down. So it's going to be interesting to see how this moves over this week. But you'll look at other counties around uh, America, and they are in the red zone. They have spiked dramatically. And, uh, uh, Don, it's, it's just a weird place to be because I am with everybody that is, is marching and protesting and making signs and walking silently or walking loudly. I'm with every single one of them, even if I disagree with them. And that I watch these numbers, I do not want more people to die. Hmm. And we'll leave it there. Episode 118. Want to reach out to us, find us on Facebook. You can write Ron directly, ron at windermere.com. You can write me, Don O'Neill at windermere.com. And you guys, if you're driving right now, go to ronanddon.com. Uh, click on the real estate sign. And if you want to buy, sell, sit down, talk, invest, just click on that. Uh, that's what Dan and uh, Terry did the other day. And we're out making an offer on a home uh, with them this week, part of the Ron and Don Nation. So we're pumped about it. Okay. You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time for episode 119 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, Bubba, did you want to do that? Come here. We'll just say only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. 
Here we go. Three, two, one. You keep your head up, you keep your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time. Only on the Ron and Don Radio. <laughs> Thanks, you guys, for joining in. Thank you.